Here we go. Take one. Friendos, welcome to a Friday edition of the Little Red Bandwagon. On Mondays, we recap TVTL, and Fridays, we interview the tens of listeners, or like today's show, we play clips of TBTL past and then discuss. I'm your host, Christy, the nice lady, coming from Linwood, Washington, and joining me today is Anne, the icing lady, live from the Sick of Butter Studios. Hello, Anne. Hello, Christy. I have not yet made the icing today. But you're going to, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, what kind today? Uh, cinnamon sugar, cinnamon sugar glaze. So powdered my sugar heart. and cinnamon and vanilla. That sounds amazing. We just had kind of a taste test over here. Phyllis Fletcher and her husband um, came over because he has started nerding out about pickles. And he oh. had seven different types of pickles and different brines and different recipes. And we just did a pickle taste test. Um, My grandmother used to make her own, I guess they were sweet pickles. And she would give me a giant jar of them every year for Christmas. And it was my favorite thing that I got. I am down with pickles. Normally, I don't like sweet pickles, the kind you just get in the store. Mm -hmm. But his sweet pickle version was my favorite. So I wonder mm. if it's just something when they're homemade, it's a little bit different. Oh, man, they were good. I want them to sell them at farmer's markets. Oh, my gosh. They could have a whole side industry. I know. <laughs> that would be amazing. But I could get down with some cinnamon sugar frosting now. I need a little sweet to balance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. So, and today we are doing petty theft. These are... Clips of the time when people from TBTL past have been thieves, which, as we know, it's mostly going to be Luke, let's be honest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want to make clear, this is not a let's bash Luke show. That's not my intention with that. <laughs> Just because he's the only one that will confess to doing this stuff. Exactly. So maybe that's it. He just likes to tell the stories and he'll confess to being a bad person. Mm -hmm. um, well, not a bad person. You're not a bad person. No. Um, yeah. So first we'll do must discuss um, and then go to our clip show, some housekeeping and how you can get involved. So, Anne, how will you tell us how you came up with the idea for this clip show? Well, as usual, I was surfing through the archive and I came across this um first clip that we're going to talk about and it just sort of arrested me and I started thinking because Luke and I are so opposite in these in these ways it's just it's like a fundamental difference in in outlook because I am well I'm such an Andrew I'm so into <laughs> following the rules and trying to be good and Luke just has more id going on you know he he has all these youthful impulses that i never had so whenever he tells these stories i find them to be really fascinating and luckily they are only petty theft mm -hmm. you know if we if we were going to talk about some less petty theft well then we have to have mike on because yeah. he's the authority <laughs> in all of that so 
these are just kind of mostly small stories of of things that people do, stuff that maybe in my heart of hearts I would have wanted to do, but never would have let myself sort of have the the freedom to be naughty about. Mm -hmm. And I love talking about it. I love it. Okay. So our must discuss today is petty theft from your own life. Anne, do you have an example of this? I have one. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I thought you would not have one. (laughs) (laughs) I am not quite (laughs) perfect. And there's only one thing that could make me abandon my rigid moral code, um, and that's candy. And that's universal, right? That's mm-hmm. every child shoplifts candy at least once. And this candy was, it was when we were living in Switzerland and I was old enough to be out and about by myself. And so I would go to the grocery store. So I'm about 10 and they had this candy there that is a, a European candy that's called Sport Fresh. And I Googled it today. If you Google Sport Fresh candy, there's always a row where they put uh, uh, like five or six images, the top image, and the very first image on the left, which is like a yellow and green box, and it has a soccer goalie kind of catching uh, a soccer ball on it. Mm-hmm. And this is the candy, Sport Fresh Candy. And I only found – when I clicked through, it was some article in German, and my German is, is not that good to read about it. <laughs> but there was something about these little green candy things that I just craved so desperately – that I stole a few of them from the Migros grocery store. And every time I did it, I thought that any second I was going to get caught, like flop sweat and slinking <laughs> around in the grocery store. And and really the feeling was so terrible and I was so afraid that I only did it a couple of times. And then there was some point at which I thought, I just, I just can't do this. I never got caught, but I, you know, it was almost felt like I had because I was just so terrified of it. And then after that, I actually spent my own, my own money to buy my, and I wasn't supposed to have this candy either. No, my mom was was a double, double betrayal. My, My mom was very strict about my candy consumption. But you know, when you're, when you have as big a sweet tooth as I do, you can get around that. And we, we lived on the first floor and there was like a outside my bedroom window. There was a big like um, a set in um, window box kind of, mm-hmm. and they had just some shrubs and bushes in there. And I had a plastic bag that I stashed all my candy wrappers in, and I put it outside in the window box underneath <laughs> a shrub, so that there would be no chance that when my mother would find it. Oh, that's really smart. Yes, and then when the bag got full, I would sneak out to the apartment dumpster. And deposit them there so that she would never know about it. I think she knows that Mm -hmm. I sneak some candy, but she has no idea to the extent that it was. You would have made a good alcoholic. Yes, that is (laughs) one of the reasons I actually don't drink, because I realized that I would have been a very good alcoholic. (laughs) That's smart. That's very good forethought for you. So I'm looking at these. Mm -hmm. Um, What do they taste like? I don't Do you remember. remember. Okay. No. Because <laughs> they I, look kind of like Mentos. I Well, I was trying to read through the German article. And from what mm-hmm. I can tell, I think they're kind of lemon-lime. Okay. But Were I don't they know, chewy? I just, um, the shell was pretty hard. But then mm-hmm. I think once you get through the shell, they're a little, uh, 
now that I think about it, they may have been hard. They may have been more sucking candies than chewing candies. I feel like we need to get some of these. (laughs) I don't even know if they're still available. (laughs) Um. It just seems so weird that you would have chose this of all the candy in Switzerland. Right. You chose something with a goalie on it. (laughs) You're not really into sport. No. You think you would be into sport, but you're not into sport. Right. That's why I don't know how this ever even came on my radar, but I desperately love them. But you you do see from the box, they are rich in vitamin C. They're refreshing bonbons, rich in vitamin C. So, so it was health food. Well, yeah, that's how I like to think of it. <laughs> that that's a great story. Um, so that's the one and only time. The you one stole. and only time. Mm-hmm. Okay. I also well, I'm not as good as you, but I do have two stories, and okay. one is also stealing candy, but it was from my sister. It was after she was. She had um, a couple of leftover Halloween candy, but kind of the stuff you don't really like anymore. You know how you eat the good stuff first. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she had a box of little tiny box of those dots, which are a terrible candy. I like them. You do. (laughs) So I stole them and I ran out to the little park by our house and I ate them. And of course, they're grow they're probably way too hard oh they're Um, stale i'm sure they're stale dots are already really kind of a intense chew anyways Mm -hmm. so i bit into one and it cracked my tooth oh instant karma instant karma and i i said i'm never stealing again and of course i can't tell my parents this happened so i never ever told and i think it, it and it hurt so I think I waited until the dentist found it. And then I just did the, oh, I didn't even know that happened. Wow. Weird. <laughs> did you have to like not chew on it? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's dedication <laughs> to not getting caught. <laughs> no, no. I was always in fear of getting caught. And my, I think the biggest thing was I didn't want to be a disappointment to anyone. Yeah. And stealing from my sister would be very disappointing. And I never, ever stole anything. I never stole anything from a store. Like, I mm-hmm. know kids go through the kind of shoplifting phase or, I mean, like stealing candy from a store. I never would have done that. Mm. But for my sister, that's fair game, I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then, um, a little bit older... I went through this stage where I really liked forks and I think it was me trying to be like cool, edgy punk rock kid because I had this really long hair that went like past my butt and I would do crazy things with it, like wear car air fresheners in it or put forks in it and chopsticks and stuff like that. So I would always just grab the fork when I went to a restaurant. Um, but the put big thing forks is... forks in your hair? Wait a minute here. Not used. You know how people use, like, make buns with chopsticks? Uh-huh. So I was like, hey, uh, people do that with an eating utensil. I'll just do forks. And so I had, I would put forks in my hair. I see. Yeah. It's, I'm not saying it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but my big thing that still continues until I think it, I think my habit just got broke 
this week, um, actually, is I like to steal interesting glasses from bars or pubs. Oh, okay. Like pint glasses. Uh-huh. Um, so especially because around here there'll be Seahawks ones or with the pub's name on them. And in Kansas City, I stole one that's really cool. It's a bar glass that has an interesting shape and it has a little etched in um, UFO. And the reason why I think my habit has um, left is because Ellie asked where it came from and I couldn't lie. And because oh. <laughs> I'm terrible at lying. So I told her I'd, I had stolen it from a bar and she is really upset with me. <laughs> oh, no. And so I have to set a good example that you don't steal. And so I think that my habit's gone. <laughs> oh, now I'm that's, just going to have to ask wonderful. if I can purchase the glass. <laughs> Damn it. I know. And even now I see that that cool cup and I'm like, oh, I can't use it. I feel too guilty. It's like the telltale heart. It's just yeah. eating in the cupboard. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Those are pretty good examples. So we're basically both terrible at stealing. Yep. <laughs> which is a good thing that's a good a good habit yeah yeah a good trait. i mean we're we're not secret agents so no. we don't have to be good at lying and stealing no <laughs> thank goodness <laughs> all right should we move on to the clips let's let me okay. thank our archivists the people who mined all the shows and brought us these wonderful clips um this week, our featured archivists are our friend Lauren Castelli. Hi, Lauren. <laughs> um, Nate Haltman, who is my Facebook friend. Uh, your favorite Jeremy, Jeremy Auer. Yes. He's still your favorite Jeremy, right? Yeah, he is. <laughs> and Allison Thompson, who's done some great work in the archives. I've come across her stuff frequently. So thank you very much to Lauren, Nate, Jeremy, and Allison for bringing these to us. Yes. All right. And of course, always you. You've well, been on everyone. <laughs> I get around. I was going to say this at the end, but Anne has done how many weeks now? 32? I'm working on 32, I think. Yeah. And I made a joke a couple months ago that you're going to do a year. And we just said, oh, 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 yeah, right. I think you might you might get to it. We'll see. Just, oh, my gosh. You're I you're go amazing. through phases. When I'm working on clip shows, I'm not archiving. And then I get a few clip shows in the can and I go back and do some more weeks. But archiving kind of gives you the... Um, the idea, right? It does. Mm -hmm. I find all kinds of interesting things. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you for all your work. It's my pleasure. Well, let's get started with this first clip, which is, as I said, the one that I ran across that really gave me this idea. This is from 2012. It's from April 24th, 2012. And uh, during this show, uh, Luke and Andrew uh, discuss this story of a man who was arrested for stealing soda from the soda fountain at the McDonald's. And they talk about their feelings about soda fountains. So let's roll that clip. This guy got arrested in Florida. His name is Mark Abair. He's 52 of Naples, Florida. He was arrested by Collier County deputies after leaving a local McDonald's without paying for the soda he put in his complimentary water cup. 
I have done this so many times. I have wondered so many times if it's the kind of thing they'd ever enforce. Right. I always pictured who's going to – what's going to happen here if I Is go the up kid a from The time. Simpsons – Mister, is he right. going to run out from behind the counter <laughs> right. and like, and like that's, that cup is clearly marked for water. Sir, you're not supposed to harass the voice box. <laughs> what is he, he drops the a drive through box? He drops a taco in the fryer. These come out of my pay. He's trying to fish <laughs> it out with his bare hands. He goes, that kid going to come out and like bust you? Apparently, here's the crazy part. You guys, he was uh, he was uh, uh, charged with petty theft, but because of previous petty theft convictions, uh, the charge for drinking the unpaid for soda has been upgraded to a misdemeanor, actually from a misdemeanor, excuse me, to a felony, which could be up to five years in prison and a $5,000 fine. Why did they throw the book at this guy, Andrew? Because of previous incidents where he's been stealing soda with his water cup. Were the previous incidents always the, the soda scam again? Um. Uh-huh. You okay? What's happening? Oh, just a human hair in my mouth. I'm glad we have the video up today. Yeah. Oh, that was upsetting. <laughs> I was really hoping that wasn't going to be a human hair that didn't look like mine. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the uh, felony theft uh, he faces for the $1. The felony for the theft sounds a bit like something out of a Victor Hugo novel, but it turns out that a bear is a repeat offender. I mean, like... I'm still trying to wrap my mind around this whole thing. So he gets busted for doing this once, and then he just goes back either to the same McDonald's or a different McDonald's. I don't decides mean to derail re- you, but I'm not, You're not sure, sure that-, that he's a repeat offender of this offense. I think that he's a repeat offender of petty theft. Hmm. Okay. I wonder what else he pettily thieved. Who knows? And maybe it was, maybe it was soda. But either way, that this is the thing that did He put his in. head under the Slurpee machine and just started <laughs> – yeah, I mean, I took just, one of those hot dogs out of the Seven <laughs> Eleven. Um, here, here, here's the thing on this. I feel like when stores, when restaurants, and I'll, I'll be generous, I'll call McDonald's a restaurant. Mm-hmm. When these fast food places and everybody else, when they put the soda outside the bounds of the employee area, when they put it out in the Shark Tank with us, <laughs> the proletariat, they lost the war. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, sorry, you decided that you decided that you no longer were going to be the gatekeepers on the soda. You were right. going to trust us. Right. You're fucking with the wrong people. It's called a loss leader. Yeah, exactly. Because here's here's what happened. This is the evolution of Americans buying fountain drink soda right here. I'm going to do it for you. OK, someday this is going to be studied in college classes. <laughs> We used to all pay a lot for soda, like it'd be like a dollar for a large soda or even more. And we'd think to ourselves, at least I would as a kid, God, this is a lot of soda I'm getting. And then somebody, probably on the internet or maybe a little before the internet came, internet came around, somebody said, hey, do you know how much it actually costs them for the water and the sugaring you know, ingredients for that, for that entire thing? And you're like, how much? That's half of a penny. Mm-hmm. And then the story was that it's just the cup. The cup is four cents. So it's four and a half cents. And then I think we, the American public, said, F this. And at that same moment, they realized, okay, first of all, free refills came in. That was the camel's nose under the tent. Mm -hmm. They started to just say free refills. And you'd have to go give the cup to the person. They have to refill it. And then they realized, oh, my God, this is taking so much time. Because you remember how there were no free refills when we were kids? Yes. Like when free refills came around, it was like, are you – because remember it was always 25 cents per refill. They're always trying to charge you for refills. I remember when I was a kid like in a sit-down restaurant, 
they would um, – lots of times soda would not have a free refill but like a lemonade or iced tea would. So I'd always order iced tea because that was free refills. Yes. As a kid, you're obsessed with being able to get – also as a kid, you're obsessed with lemonade for some reason. I think – I'm pretty convinced that kids are lacking in some kind of a, uh, a nutrient or a vitamin that is somehow satisfied by or makes your body think it's being satisfied by things that are tart and lemony. My kid drinks lemonade like it's going out of style. Think about like Warheads, mm-hmm. Sour Patch Kids. I don't like any of that stuff as an adult. Really? I still love that well, stuff. Well, since I stopped doing meth, <laughs> I've almost completely <laughs> lost my taste for it. Well, you went through some hard times there for a while. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. But um, anyway, so yeah, I remember when all of a sudden all of the fast food places started just being like, you know what? It's free refills. We're not going to charge you a quarter. And I remember thinking, how are they going to stay in business? And then <laughs> at some point, as I mentioned, they got tired of having to refill everything for us. So they just said, you know what? F it. The soda is going to be out there for you if you need it. Go have some. Mm-hmm. And that was the point to me at which they also then just said, yeah, we know some of you are going to put Mr. Pib in that water cup. <laughs> we know it's going to happen. Because here's the problem with their system. You get the water from one of the soda dispensers. Right. By pulling down a little lever. Right. They're not, they're not watching. So what they must do is put the water on the soda they think people are least likely to want to drink. If you want to figure out what the runt of the soda litter is, it's the one that has the water also integrated into it <laughs> because that's – because otherwise that would be the easiest soda to steal. What, the hell, what are they going to do? It's almost always the lemonade, by the way. I know. That, I feel like it's a real comment on lemonade. All right. So I have to ask, Christy. Yes. Is this something that you have done? No. I feel too guilty. Me too. And when I see people doing it, I give the stink eye. Yes. <laughs> and it's literally sense that they're stealing, but I just pay for it. Uh-huh, this is the reason uh-huh. why costs go up. Yes. And I, I do not buy Luke's argument that if they didn't want us to steal it, they wouldn't put it where we can get at it. No. That is not how it works at all. No. No, no. Yeah. But so they talk about how this guy got charged with a felony for doing this soda uh, stealing. And at least in the state of Minnesota, it's uh, a misdemeanor theft up to $500. So if it's more than a $500 value, that's when it goes to a felony. So $500 worth of soda? That's. I mean, what? how much is he drinking in one time? And then this is not his first time. So to me, you get caught once, you never do it again. You know, see right. my dots <laughs> example. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't keep doing it. No, I think that this guy must have other misdemeanor theft arrests for non-soda related offenses. Otherwise, I don't see how you could get caught 250 times for stealing soda from the fast food restaurant. So there must be something else going on here that would elevate it like that. Also, he must be a repeat offender to the specific McDonald's. And they might even have a picture of him because they're looking for it. They're usually way too busy back there to find one person. But they're, they're, they're finding him and they're cracking down on it. They have their own little wanted poster. Like, have you seen this soda stealer? Yeah. Do you remember back when checks were a thing and if you wrote a bad check, it would be up on the wall? Yep. Absolutely. And it'd be like, Mm -hmm. it's such a shame. I, I, when I saw that, I, I'm never writing a bad check ever. 
mm-hmm. because I don't want to be shamed like that. Yep. When I first started working in retail, we still, uh, we didn't post the the bad checks publicly, but we had photocopies of the bad, bad checks that we would put in our back room and every so everybody would look at them and they're like, if this person tries to write a check, you got to say yep. no. So Luke's contention about this is that it all started with free refills and that it was the free refills that um, I guess made people understand how cheap soda was in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so now Mm -hmm. nobody feels bad about stealing it. That's not true. No. Hmm. (laughs) I like when places give you a clear, clear cup for water Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it's like, try it. Try to take Diet Coke because we know. (laughs) We see you being a cheater. Yeah. I I mean, I really wonder how big of a problem it is. I mean, because I thought nobody did it. But Luke thinks everybody does it. Yeah, I I would like to know how much this costs in lost revenue. If someone knows that answer, please let us know. If you're, I don't know, whatever you're spending, $6 on a Big Mac and a fries or whatever, why don't you just buy the drink? It's not that much more. Right. (laughs) And you don't have to feel weird and guilty and I don't know. I wonder if people that do this all the time do feel like they're being sneaky and that they're going to get caught or that Mm. it doesn't matter. I'd like to know. Well, we know from Luke that he thinks it doesn't matter. Right. Or maybe they just like the feeling of getting away with something. Yeah. But this is sort of a, a, a low risk way to do it, to be a rebel. Yeah, I which guess is I'd lame. rather someone steal soda than my iPhone. I guess. <laughs> two options. I don't know. If that scratches their itch so that they don't take your iPhone, I guess I guess I would agree <laughs> with that. Right. And there is a line um that that one of them says that I wish that this was when they were doing show titles because uh I picked out possible show title, Mr. Pib and your water glass. <laughs> <laughs> and Andrew's rationale for this is that the soda is a loss leader, so it doesn't matter. Like they're willing to give it away to get you in there to buy the other stuff. But I think it's the other way around. I think your real profit comes from the soda because as they said, it's only a few pennies right. in cost and then they can charge a buck 60 or two bucks or whatever. And so I think that's where a lot of the profit comes in is in the drinks. Oh, for sure. I mean, think about a movie theater. True. The <laughs> giant thing you get for what six bucks uh-huh, uh-huh and now i don't know if you guys have this but at our movie theaters the soda is unlimited they just have yeah. it out so yeah. they don't care it's i my sister worked at a movie theater and they would have viewings because it was the old old time this is how old i am they you would have to when a movie came in they would have to actually clip it and tape it together they're mm. probably not actually scotch tape. They had <laughs> different things. And then you they would have to watch the movie from beginning to end to make sure that it stuck right. Right. Yep. And that there was no skip. So every time there would be a movie come out and they would do that, they would have parties. And we could eat as much popcorn as we wanted and as much soda 
but you had to bring your own containers because the only cost to the movie theater right. is the bucket and the ah, cup. Ah, that's so interesting. Yeah. Because it is a couple cents. Mm-hmm. So they, yeah, they, they depend on people coming in and paying that $6 to make money. $6 for a quote unquote small. I think no, they I just, they just need to change the names. Let's not mess yes. around with this small, medium, large nonsense. Yeah. I mean, you no. have to go yeah. for bucket, um, bucket of barrel, <laughs> keg. Yeah. <laughs> Bladder buster. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I always get a small. I would, even though they're like, only 50 more. cents more for a jumbo and i'm like no because i don't like to have to leave the movie to go to the bathroom yeah i don't understand what about sitting in the dark for two hours makes people think they need a bucket of soda i don't know <laughs> i go and i split a drink if i'm going with somebody yes i hate that feeling is when you start having to go to the bathroom and you're like, I'm, I don't want to leave. This is the good part. And then you're just waiting for the movie to be over so you can I go know. to the bathroom. And you're not concentrating because you're like, okay, it has to be done soon. <laughs> has to be. Do you know there's an app for that? Really? Yeah. Um, I'll get the right one, but I think it's called Run Go Pee. And you start it right when the movie starts and it tells you um, when it's safe to go. And then it recaps what's happening. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So everyone should use that that app. I'll find out the exact name, put that in the show notes. But that's a that's a good one. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> the other interesting thing they talk about here is when they say they they're talking about which spigot they put the water in, mm-hmm. or or which soda shares the the spigot with the water. Yes, and they say that it's always the lemonade. And I think that's Andrew says, it's always the lemonade, by the way. And then Luke says, I know it's a real comment on lemonade. And uh, with the thought that what they... No one likes lemonade. Nobody likes lemonade. So that's, so they don't care if it's stolen. And that's so silly. It's about the carbonation. Because lemonade isn't carbonated. Yeah. Which I I took offense to that because the lemonade's the only thing I get when I go to these <laughs> kinds of machine situations. Um, so it's not only the carbonation, but if you, if it shared one with diet Coke, your water would have a Coke flavor to it because it True. uses the same spigot where mm-hmm. lemon, that's a nice refreshing little flavor uh-huh. add to it. <laughs> but also, I mean, if you're going to lie and cheat and try to get free soda, you want to go for the clear soda you want to go for sprite or seven up mm-hmm. because then mm-hmm. no one can tell except for the bubbles um and lemonade is pretty bright like okay you just stole mm-hmm. yep especially if it's pink lemonade or yes one of those i used to love to um cut my diet coke with pink lemonade that's pretty interesting mm-hmm. interesting i mean all, all the non-diet drinkers obviously that doesn't work for but but that was pretty good i learned that working at the old taco john's Oh, Taco John's. <laughs> <laughs> I like, so on these freestyle, have you seen these freestyle Coke machines? I love them. You know why I love them? Because they have caffeine-free Diet Coke. Oh, and flavors too, right? Yes. Do you mm-hmm. like the different flavors? Um, I like the lime flavor okay, but in the end, I just like the regular plain old diet aspartame. 
And I like the um, light lemonade. Mm, sure. So I usually do a 90% light lemonade and 10% of the full sugar situation. Mm-hmm. I find that the only drawback about those is that I stopped in to pick up some takeout at a place last weekend. And um, so I went to use that machine and there was a little girl in front of me doing it. Oh, and no. this this is the problem because the kids have so much fun with the machines <laughs> and they take so long to make up their mind like she was cycling through all the different options and wait no 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 maybe not oh let's try it no yeah no and i'm like i just want my diet coke please that's when you do kind of a hip check uh-huh push them out of the way and then just go and then go oh sorry you fell are you okay get them up and then they go back you're ruthless <laughs> well i also like when places have two or like at the mm-hmm. movie theater they'll have six that's yep. perfect because you just beeline away from the kids. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> All right. Are we ready for the next one? Yes. Okay. This clip comes from September 9th of 2010. Yard gnome theft. This is a great story that Jen brings us about yard gnomes. Something pretty amazing is going on in Gillette, Wyoming today. Top story, probably. I think there's always something pretty amazing going on in Gillette, Wyoming. (laughs) Well, the police are auctioning off 143 lawn gnomes, which they confiscated from a lawn gnome-stealing gang of two teenage girls who, I, I just... The whole, as I got through the story, I just found it more and more amazing. There's two teenage girls who decided to steal every lawn gnome in Gillette, Wyoming. They also got caught, which makes me think, well, I guess where were they keeping them? Yeah. Somewhere where someone spotted them. Yeah. On the lawn, probably. <laughs> hey, Rusty. Yeah. You've been by uh, that house out on uh, Route 2? Yeah. The one with uh, 135 lawn gnomes? I don't think those teenage girls bought those. <laughs> Cracked the case. (laughs) Gillette PD. My second thought was, why wouldn't they have returned them to the owners? Why are they now selling? I mean, this is like some kind of fundraiser for the police. It seems like that's not their property to sell. It also seems like if I, I, as a kid, always would dream of those police auctions. You'd see the ads on TV or in the paper. And I'd always think, I'm going to buy a Lamborghini Countach for like $80 because they confiscated it from Pablo Escobar. Because a picture in the paper was always, did you ever see those, Shawnee? It'd be like a, be like a Ferrari and like a Learjet, and it'd be like drug seizure auction. And I just would figure, no one's going to go to that. I could probably pick up a helicopter for like eight dollars. Um, but how disappointing would it be if you went to one of those and it was just lawn gnomes? <laughs> like, what are those retail for? Five bucks normally? And lawn gnomes, you know, they're not very distinct in character. Most of them look identical, so I could see them not wanting to have sort of a melee of folks saying, no, that's my lawn gnome. No, that's my lawn gnome. Could you describe it? Yes, it's bearded. (laughs) It's like that one in those commercials. Well, that's the whole thing, right? That's where this all got started. Amelie. (laughs) You know? Yes, exactly. There's a huge amount of pop culture that surrounds stealing gnomes. And, you, I mean, we all know kids do what they see in the media. So thanks a lot. Audrey Tartu. Yeah, especially kids really are into copying what they see in French cinema, yes. particularly. Yeah. I do think, though, that like that's a thing that, that 
probably most people now know about is like, you know, taking a gnome around and taking a picture of it in various places. It's almost like it's now considered socially acceptable, or it was until the Gillette PD cracked down on it. It was considered socially acceptable to screw with people's lawn ornamentation. I, I think we need to move on to uh, pink, fl- pink flamingos. Yeah. And st- leave the gnomes behind. Let's start with the pink flamingo movement. Like, could, I think that already started in um, in Florida. I think it's already raging. No, but I mean, it, it's, maybe it's back. The theft, the theft of them. Oh. <laughs> I, I think that I, I think that flamingos are probably. I bet you that they're they're going to be on the way back in. I mean, they've had like four or five passes at like I, ironic and then unironic, and then they're, they're back into. Like when I was growing up, they were ironically cool, and then they were uncool because everyone had them in an ironic way. Well, lawn ornamentation just. I mean, we can talk about it for hours. Yeah. It's, it's an issue. And we might tonight at the Troubadour. <laughs> it's an issue because I think we always assume it's ironic. And so, and, but then, like, as I just did driving across the country, I found out that uh, it's serious. It's serious business. The most popular thing to do, I found in America right now, and I might be breaking this live here on the show, oh. is gigantic uh, fake deer. Which freaks you out when you're driving because you're like driving along and all of a sudden you're like, dear, no, it's wood. <laughs> dear, no, it's wood. That's such an odd thing because if you get outside of the cities in most parts of America, there are millions of deer. Like to the point where they're – I mean they're, they're beautiful but they're actually a hassle because they eat up people's stuff and they're kind of get into things. So it's like if you live in a rural part of the world, it's like it's – like, it's like why do you, you have enough actual deer walking around? Why do you have a fake deer? Well, and that's, I was saying to Jason, I wonder if that's there to either repel deer or to attract them. And he's like, they're deer. They know it's fake. I mean, they're not, they're not like, they have like great smell. They have all all this stuff. And they smell great. (laughs) Can you imagine? He's like, the deer are not taken in by the gigantic fake wood deer on that guy's lawn. We have this person in our neighborhood. I think every neighborhood has this guy who just, it started with like one, you know, yard gnome. And then someone got a small – they got a small like cement donkey and then like it was, you know, a, a bird feeder, like, you know, one of those like pedestal bird watering things. What do you call those? Bird bath. Yeah. Yeah, bird, bird bath. bath. And then it just – and then next thing you know, we're putting down cement with AstroTurf over it and then it's like small like Disney character, uh, like Bambi-ish kind of things. And then at some point, your yard is just like the most bizarre collection of fakiness. But this guy tends to his yard, in as much as it's a yard, every single day. But, you know, he doesn't mow it. Everything is kind of like locked down in place. But he's always out there. And he has this crazy sign that he made that's on. He also, of course, has one of those chain link fences around the whole thing just to really kind of aesthetically – Make it as beautiful as possible. Like I don't want anyone. I don't want anyone getting to my my various yard ornaments. So let me put this really, really ugly chain link fence around it. But he has this sign that he put on there that was um, it says historical site. I have a picture of this actually on my phone. I'll show you guys after the show. It says historical site, voted Seattle's best yard. Andy Wappler. Cairo Television, like 1994. He couldn't even get Harry Wappler. He had to go for Andy. Yep, he got Andy, uh, who. I have to imagine that it was kind of one – it was like dinner – it was like yards with schmucks. <laughs> there's no way this got best yard and it breaks my heart because there's like 87-year-old Filipino dude in my neighborhood who's got a sign that's like – and he's calling it a historical site. I'm like, that might be overstating it. 
Because you, I feel like to call something a historical site, something historical needed to have happened there. And I don't know of any um, Civil War battle that took place in Mount Baker. I mean, I don't know about all of the battles, but well, I don't know of that one. That was the that was the Battle of Bird Feeder, and a lot of good. We lost a lot of good gnomes that day, and a tiny donkey. Okay, Anne. <laughs> I love this clip so much because I love that it's a ruthless gang of two teenage girls. Yes. <laughs> and that they've stolen 143. That's a lot. What are you going to do with that? I don't know. I suspect it was more about the accomplishment rather than... It, th- these are girls who really are, are goal setters and who work t- towards achieving their goals. <laughs> and so I think the the actual gnomes are sort of beside the point, right? Yeah, I mean, they're, these are teenage girls, so they live at home with their parents. Mm-hmm. You can't cover up 143 in a baggie and a shrub like you can <laughs> candy wrappers. <laughs> you know, like this. Ha- and are their parents saying, where are you getting these? Are they in on it? This just left me with more questions. I don't know. Is there some garage somewhere or did they dump them in the woods or do they decorate their own yards? Right. This is Wyoming. So there's a lot of real estate to work with, right? True. Okay. What I didn't like is why if these, why are the police auctioning them off? So they're actually making money from Mm -hmm. stolen goods. Mm -hmm. Um, You would think that they could put out an ad in the newspaper or something. Hey, we found all these from a, a rash of gang violence stealing of, <laughs> of these. Come and claim them. Right, right. Well, um, I guess the only answer to that is to go to Sean's point, which is that lawn gnomes aren't actually very distinctive. Maybe, I don't no, know, maybe true. when you have 143, there's just so many different kinds of, of yard gnomes. But I, I would think it would be pretty hard for someone to figure out which one was specifically theirs, unless it doesn't matter if they were just like, hey, if you had a yard gnome stolen, come by and pick one out. So what do you think about uh, lawn decorating ornaments? Or I am not in favor of it. I don't mind some of the tasteful stuff, like if people wanted, well, I don't know about bird baths and bird feeders, because that actually kind of makes a mess when the squirrels get in and the birds yes. scatter the stuff around. But I like like the the big gazing balls and things are, are pretty. But the people mm-hmm. that just have large tchotchkes all over their lawn, I, I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm for less stuff in general Mm -hmm. um but my mom was all about it but she wasn't gnomes it was fairies like garden fairies oh your mom's one of those people yes (laughs) and then when they when they my parents got divorced and she moved out of the house she just had all these we i don't think we realized because we had a pretty big yard of how much of this crap that she had Uh until it was all had to be boxed up and then she keeps trying to give them to my sister and my sister's like hell no on the fairies but then what she does is she slyly brings them to my sister's house and leaves them so like reverse of of the gangster girls Uh she does the opposite so are these like grotesque fairies or are they pretty fairies or they're they're pretty fairies 
They're things you would get at gift shops in like uh-huh. little small towns. Like cement ones or painted things? Painted. Or? Ah, okay. Cheesy is what I I think of. I think they're terrible. Well, sure. Um, gnomes, I mean, I just don't like over-decorated things anyways. But I no. guess if you're going to do it, I would. If, if I was forced, I'd much rather have gnomes than flamingos or fairies. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> If I had to choose between those, um, I my uh, well, I lived in a house. I had roommates, and they were all about collecting gnomes. They had them all over the the front yard. And I remember one of them got stolen in a drive by gang, probably um, <laughs> drive by gang gnome stealing. <laughs> and the the guy was just so upset. He's like. That was a family heirloom from my great grandfather, and I thought, "Don't put it outside." <laughs> right. I d- I do love the situations where someone steals something. Well, I guess borrow and then sends pictures. I love that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, in that case, it's probably somebody that you know. Mm-hmm. Right. If they steal your stuff, I mean, if they're sending pictures to you, it has to be somebody that has your phone number. Right. So yeah, yeah I, like I, those... I would be okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, when I would go to Arizona to visit my grandparents, um, I know Arizona landscape decor is is quite different. I mean, <laughs> gnomes obviously are not appropriate probably not fairies so they would have like the little burrow like pulling a wagon or there were so so many borderline offensive ones where it was the little um figurine of a of a, a mexican guy who had mm-hmm. like his, sleeping on the cactus yeah or he would just be sitting with his uh, knees pulled up and it, like have his head down on his knees and a sombrero oh, on there mm-hmm. there was lots and lots of those i remember the weird one when probably from the 70s where it would be a a clown or a guy with his pants pulled down and the cactus coming out <laughs> do you remember nope. that one no nope. oh, it's so terrible <laughs> And of course, I didn't get it as a kid. I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. What kind of statement are you trying to make with something like that? I don't know. The 70s were a real, real weird time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I liked when they started talking about flamingos, as you you mentioned. And mm-hmm. Sean thinks that we should stop with the lawn gnomes and start with the flamingos. And they start talking about whether flamingos are cool, ironically cool, or uncool. And Jen makes a very good point that you can't assume that people who have flamingos in their yard are doing it as some ironically cool no. statement. No. In fact, I think most of the time that's probably not the case. No. Yeah. <laughs> 1% of the time, it's ironic. Mm-hmm. And she talks about the gigantic fake deer. I don't recall seeing fake deer around here, but that's because we have a lot of real deer wandering in people's yards. Yeah, I don't I don't get that. And then um, Luke had a point because they thought maybe it would be to scare off the other deer. Mm-hmm. But Luke's like, well, deer, no. 
Right. Yes, that it's not it's not going to fool the deer. No. <laughs> no, I think that is totally decorative. I don't think anybody's trying to send any messages or attract deer in any way. But I just, yeah, I guess I just don't understand why you'd want a plastic animal of any type. No. Uh-uh. I mean, unless it's Christmas and it's a reindeer, then I guess right, you get a pass. If it's a light-up reindeer, that's something totally different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then only during Christmas. Exactly. <laughs> or or until February, if you're my neighbor. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it's all right. I think he still has, he has one of those machines that projects the red and green dots on his house. Oh, uh-huh. and, I and think that's still that's up? still up, yeah. Oh, no. I don't care. He's nice. <laughs> it's fine. I shut the door and lower the blinds anyway when I get home, so I don't okay. have to look at it. Um, those are kind of cool, though. Mm-hmm. I like that I new like kind of decoration style this year. The the style where you don't have to get up on a ladder on the mm-hmm. roof. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. Um, so let's talk about Luke's neighbor. And okay, oh. this was at the his old neighbor in Mount Baker. Yes, accumulating a a random collection of crap, and not like it's a some junkyard. He still maintains the lawn and takes care of it, but he just has all this weird stuff in there. And then he has this sign that says "Historical Site," voted Seattle's best yard. <laughs> Andy Wappler, Cairo Television, nineteen ninety four. I would like to, I mean, he, he invokes the name of Andy Wappler, who you might not know, or people around here is a, um, is a local weather person. And his dad, Harry Wappler was much beloved Seattle light. And then his son came and I guess it kind of is like, oh, he's trying to wear his dad's shoes Mm -hmm. and he never really did. Like he's not beloved, but he, he's still. I had a crush on him for a little bit. I'll admit that. Um, so I wonder if this is actually a thing. Seattle's best yard presented by Andy. Well, I tried to Google and I couldn't find anything. Huh. Well, I'm guessing it's not an actual historical site. No. I love that. I love Jen saying, I don't know all the battles of the Civil War, but <laughs> as if she's considering it. Yeah, probably none fought in the Mount Baker neighborhood. No. Well, I guess you have to have something in your life to be proud of. And this neighbor so. is, is part of his 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 lawn and good for him. I know. I want to go find it. But all of those, the houses in the Mount Baker neighborhood were a situation where they're kind of up on a hill. So, mm-hmm. you know, the stairs that they always talked about, the infamous stairs, which were pretty terrible. Um, they all kind of have situations like that. So I couldn't do a drive-by and see the plaque. Oh, but I guess I could see, drive by and try to see, you obviously know because it's filled with this crap, right? Yeah. Lawn crap. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now I have an adventure to go on. Yeah. Put on your sneaking clothes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Shall we move on? Yes. This is 
I feel like this clip was really recent, and it was actually 18 months ago already. I mean, how time flies. Mm -hmm. But this clip is from August 12th of 2015. This is, uh, I think it was shortly after uh, Luke and Carrie bought the house in Bellingham. And so they were doing all the work on it, and they were living um, with, uh, what was her name? I forget. Jennifer, Jenny, Jessica, whatever they DJ Tuna, right? Um, I don't know, but they were okay. so they were living. Oh no, with a in friend. Bellingham, I think it was Jenny. Jenny okay, Jennifer, yeah. you're right. Okay. They were they were living with this friend, and uh, Luke was parking his truck on the street, and well, we'll roll the clip, and you can hear what happened. You want to hear more about the uh, the great uh, Toyota Forerunner break in? Yeah, of what the hell happened? I didn't even know about this. Usually, you tell me this stuff. Well, I came outside and the door on the car was open, so that was a bad sign because <laughs> it had been overnight. And um, then I got a text from Jessica who said, "Oh, hey, by the way, uh, the like uh, neighborhood watch email went around. A bunch of people got their cars broken into, oh. so you better you better watch out." And I said, "Yeah, I just got back from the car where um, turns out uh, my car was one of them, yeah. but." Because I'm a dingus and I left it unlocked, they didn't actually break anything. Mm-hmm. So that was a major relief because really, uh, sure, I mean, if they rip out your stereo or something like that, I mean, that's obviously a bummer too. But getting your window broken is probably almost the worst part about having your car yeah. messed with, right? Yeah, definitely, especially if they try to pry because sometimes you can get damage like yeah. around the window as well. So I I get to the – I open the door and you know I just know right away. By the way, this is one thing – yesterday I said one of the things that's not great about the small maritime village of Port Townsend is – that it's it's uh, basically run by CenturyLink, which is a terrible, in my opinion, terribly run organization. Uh, one of the bummers about Seattle is I have never lived anywhere where my car gets messed with on a more regular basis. Um, I probably have my car when I lived here broken into like different over the course of different cars, uh, probably fifteen times. Sounds like a man who hasn't spent enough time in Cleveland. Really, same problem? Uh, yeah, because I never had my car messed with in, in Seattle, but in the few times I visited home, um, uh, you know, in the past 15 years, twice my dad's car got uh, kind of jacked while I was either driving it or – I mean, I didn't get carjacked, but, you know, either while I was taking it out of the town or we were out together. You park your car apparently anywhere in Cleveland, forget about it. Well, um, I, I I got to the car. I looked through everything, and what I was amazed by was they, like, they'd – Pulled the change drawer out, which I think had all of, you know, a two fifty in it or something. The funny part is, the night before, Yikes. I had had six dollars in casino chips from Goldie's in there, mm-hmm. and I had taken them out for some reason. <laughs> so they didn't even get the like Goldie's, you know, casino chips they could have used. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just they sort of pulled everything out of the center console. The weird part was... What do you mean? Pulled, so, like, pulled the radio out and everything? No, 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 that radio, which also, by the way, is not... It, like, I guess they probably just didn't have the tools to steal the radio. But the radio is, is like, new. I had that put in. I went to, a, like, a Best Buy and had them put in a, a radio that had Bluetooth and could play DVDs and all that. Mm-hmm. But um, they did a pretty slapdash job. There was also a checkbook in there they did not take. Oh, wow. Now, granted, the checkbook is actually connected to an account that has since been closed, so they weren't going to get far with it. But you'd think, you, you break into a car, there's a checkbook with blank checks, you'd probably grab that, right? Yeah. 
They didn't even go into the glove compartment. I really felt like I wanted to take them aside and just set them down, set them down and say, this is how you steal shit from someone. Right. You take the checkbook. You take the – I had um, an iPhone, you know, a, a cord that runs – that you can plug your iPhone in so you can play music through the stereo mm-hmm. and charge your phone and all that. Those things are five or six bucks. I'm sure you can turn those around easily. They didn't steal that. There was iPhone headphones in there, which also are another 30 bucks. How um, would you well, – you know, are checks something that are valuable to a thief? Yeah, I guess – so if you – let's say that I'm walking down the street and I, I uh, come across a checkbook from somebody named Luke Burbank who I haven't heard of. I, yeah, I guess I can just make it out to cash. Hold on. Right? I, you need to um, come up with a more plausible situation. There's no way that someone will be walking down the street and find checks from Luke Burbank and not know who I am. I thought you were going to say more plausible because you would never lose anything. <laughs> um, I'd be like Luke Burbank, the famous guy from uh, Livewire and that other doohickey thing he does. Mm-hmm. I'm taking this guy to town. So yeah, I guess you could. You just forge it. I guess you don't want to hang on to it too long though, because well, eventually those things will get marked as stolen, right? And if you try to pass when you can get in trouble, I guess. I mean, I, to, to me, it's not even a question of what the long con is. The short con would be I'm putting that in my pocket. Grab it now. Figure it out <laughs> later. Yeah. Right. And, and also, there was one other thing. Which is that in the center console, which they took all of these papers and stuff out, there were also the keys to the car. Oh, they could have taken the car. Of course, that's – I mean maybe you don't – that's grand larceny, right? Like maybe you don't want to – Again, you're painting this person as being I think way more in their right mind than yeah. I would imagine they were. Like to me, it's like if I'm wandering around Ballard trying to just like you know steal stuff probably because I have a drug problem. Uh, which I do think is related very much to the high incident of break-ins in the Seattle area. Is you got a lot of a lot of people with uh, with pernicious drug habits, mm-hmm. and I think that's a quick way to try to get something you know that might be valuable, be it money or the stereo. But also the keys to the car. Like I would at that point be like, cool, maybe I'll drive this car uh, to a different car I could break into. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like there was just so much. Th- there wasn't anything of any real great value, but there were so many things in there that I just would have been like. Why didn't you take that? Well, I'm picturing somebody – if there was a bunch of break-ins, like probably all literally right in a row, like I'm picturing somebody who, like you, down, you know, certainly down on their luck, probably drug-addled, looking for some quick money so they can get a quick score, not really wanting to deal with checks or stealing a car or anything like that. Just like I'm just going to try to hit these five cars as fast as possible, grab what I can grab, and just move on and then hit a different part of the, the neighborhood. Well, I guess it's just, you know, you got to set goals and you right. got to work within the plan and maybe right. that's what they did. But what did you so your total you lost $2.50? I lost probably $2.50 out of the change drawer, which by the way, they didn't break the change drawer. They just carefully opened it. Carefully opened it and took it out, but then I just clicked it right back in. Nice. I mean, the whole thing, I have to say, took about 5 minutes of my life. Mm-hmm. And you I, that's all you lost. Yeah, I swept up the papers. I mean, I got mm-hmm. the papers back together, the keys, all the other stuff, the checkbook. I kind of put it all. I had a, the modem that Comcast wouldn't take back. <laughs> it was in there. <laughs> oh, I mean, my sorry, God. What if it was Com- CenturyLink? What if it was CenturyLink who broke into your car? They're like, we'll get oh. this modem. Oh, no, well, they that, wouldn't take it back. That's yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. That, would, that would represent a level of them giving a shit that I have not <laughs> yet experienced with them. Like, but even this thief was like, yeah, you know, CenturyLink is a real hassle. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't uh, want to fuck with that. Right, right, right. So anyway, um, I guess 
my point in this is I'm not trying to tell everyone to leave their cars unlocked, but I'm sure glad that I left at least one door on this car not locked. Although I guess the alternate version of this might be if it was all locked up, maybe they wouldn't have messed with it. Y- yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, if I, don't other cars, I, I don't know what happened with the other cars if they were smashing grabs. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so that was uh, my morning. So is Luke an idiot or a genius? For not for locking the not locking the car or leaving his checkbook in there. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> it seems like that we have um so, a bit of both on this. <laughs> oh, so my dad always taught me this from a young age is he said, um, leave your doors unlocked because if they break a window, there's less paperwork. More paperwork. Right. Which yep. Does it make sense? It just means that there's less insurance if they just open it. And if you take everything out of your car, I mean, what are they going to steal? Junk. I mean, I wouldn't leave my ch- my checkbook in there um, anyways or my phone or anything like that. So I would rather not deal with a broken window. I suppose so. I don't know. It really goes against every bone in my body to not lock the car. I mean, I, I guess... <laughs> It depends on on how interested people are to get into the car. I mean, I don't leave anything in my car mm-hmm. that would be, I think, attractive to another person unless they really, really want to be have an ice scraper, yeah. then and and a Trader Joe's bag. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I don't leave any electronics or any. I mean, you always hear of people having like musical instruments stolen out of cars. Nothing. I try to leave yeah. it absolutely, totally bare so that there's just no reason that anyone would want to get in there. Yeah, I I um have a laptop for work that I bring home. And if I'm not going straight home from work, I just leave it out at work because I mm-hmm. don't even I don't want to deal with my work computer getting stolen from my car. I don't even know right. how you start the process to figure <laughs> that out. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever had your car broken into? Never. You haven't knocked on wood on that one. No. Well, I've never driven an attractive car. I mean, I've <laughs> only, I've only ever had Saturns until now. So, I mean, who wants to steal out of a Saturn? That's boring. <laughs> My first car that was something I bought and wasn't just a used thing was a Saturn and I loved it. I'm sad they're, they don't make them anymore, actually. No, Andrew is always, not always, but several times has crapped on Saturns. And I always liked mine. I thought they were good cars. A they man that drives from- a Kia cannot crap on a Saturn. <laughs> um, right. They get you from point A to point B. Exactly. That's all I want. I don't need to feel like I'm a Formula One racer while I do it. <laughs> Um, I always think it's funny when people buy the fancy sports car or even cars that like, oh, well, it has this huge engine. And I'm like, you live in Seattle and we go about 25 miles on the freeway, Mm -hmm. 25 miles an hour. Why do you need that big of an engine? Just makes your gas more expensive. Um, I got my car broken into once and it was in Vancouver. Vancouver, BC has a, um, huge car theft and break-in situation like it's really really, it's just known that your car's probably going to get stolen or broken into um i was looking up stats and it was like from 2014 to 5 to 2015 it was up 42 percent 
That's crazy. I mean, it just gets worse and worse. And What's I was staying in a hotel. I don't know. They, I know huh. they put in a program where they put um, cars that were, what do they call them? Like target cars? Uh-huh. Yeah, and bait so cars. Bait cars. Yeah. That was a big thing that they put in bait cars all around the city. And that might have helped a little bit. But hmm. um, my car got broken into. I was staying at a hotel there. And all they did was jack open the door and steal a tool that we had in the back to rob other cars. Oh. So nothing was taken. I mean, we had a aftermarket stereo system and they didn't touch any of it. They just took some random tool that was in the back. And I'm just mad because the door never closed correctly after that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I, I just, because my mind went to, oh my gosh, they broke into f- at least 50 other cars in the parking garage. Are we going to get blamed because that was, it has our fingerprints on it? <laughs> mm-hmm. Aren't there like security cameras in you this You would place? think. Huh. Everywhere you go in Vancouver, there's signs that say, take everything, take your valuables. This is a high crime area. Mm-hmm. So even in the hotel, they're like, take everything possible out of your car. Like your checkbook? <laughs> yeah. I would. <laughs> I, I thought it was funny that they were, that they thought about what kind of situation can you do with a, someone else's checkbook? Um, hello. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and, but, okay. So, so many questions. Why does he still carry around a checkbook? Right. For an account that's closed. <laughs> I know. So he's like, oh, if they steal it, good luck. And if it's closed, why does he still carry it around? Exactly. Yeah, so much. <laughs> and and all the other stuff. What was he saying? That there was some cord to hook in your phone or your iPod or something. Oh, like an aux cable? Yeah. yeah. I guess that's okay. But And he was talking about a whole bunch of papers, like they pulled all the papers out. Oh, yeah. So that's another thing is they say not to keep um, any information about your um, address mm, yeah. in the car. But then how do you deal with registration? Because you're supposed to have the registration in the car, but you're also not supposed to have um, any of your any of your paperwork. So I don't know. Hmm. Too many rules. I yeah, I guess so. I do know that I know someone that they were fancy people. So my boss's my rich boss's ex wife, she got a brand new fancy car and parked it, and the valet person knew their address and stole the garage door opener, and then went to their house and robbed. What? Like right then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because no. they know she's going to be in a place for a couple hours. Oh, that's genius. Yeah. Like, he wouldn't even have to go himself if he had a buddy. He could just give them the address and pass off the garage door opener. Mm -hmm. Ooh, this is actually kind of a, not a bad, (laughs) not a bad kick there. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Are you thinking about going to the house stealing? Yeah, maybe. (laughs) And you wouldn't even, I guess if there's an alarm on the inside door, it could possibly. Oh yeah, I hadn't considered that. But, <laughs> well, 
Well, so I have a few other things to learn before I yeah. can get into my <laughs> burglary <laughs> business. You can't even steal candy from a store. Do you think you can steal people's belongings? <laughs> you would break fantasize. in and bake a cake. <laughs> oh, I could. Yeah, that could be your your M.O. The sugar yeah. bandit. Mm-hmm. Um, another funny thing that I thought uh Luke included in this was the fact that he had a CenturyLink modem that they didn't take. Like even the car thieves were like, nope, I'm not dealing with that. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't want to have to return it. I don't want to wait in line. <laughs> Are you a messy car person or a clean car person? I was a very clean person until a kid came in my life. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> it's it like gets me anxious to even look in the back sometimes Mm -hmm. because you if you pick up the car seat there's usually like a line of like goldfish crackers and chocolate milk and juice (laughs) that you can and then underneath is like perfectly good Uh uh-huh yeah so i i like a clean car but it's it's impossible to maintain how about you you? have to you have to live in reality i am definitely a clean car person and um, and we were never allowed to eat in the car, so mm-hmm. we never had any of those problems with goldfish crackers or chocolate milk or anything. My parents were very strict <laughs> about that, so mm-hmm. it just seems natural to have a really clean car, although my brother always has junk in his car, so I don't know. It's probably just a, a personality trait. Well, I also think that pe- because I don't remember eating in the car either, maybe on road trips there would be mm-hmm. that kind of situation but i just feel like we as a whole society are in the car a lot more and so there's yeah. a lot more times that mm-hmm. you're having to eat on the run especially kids but also this um this is a kids these days like a, as an <laughs> old person but i feel like kids these days cannot go an hour without having to have a snack do you remember oh. having snack when you were a kid? No. Yeah, I mean, Ellie's basketball game is exactly one hour and they have a snack at the end. And I'm like, <laughs> we either just ate breakfast or lunch depending on when the game is. So every one hour, they get a snack. At school, she has lunch and two snacks. Snack is at 10 o'clock, then lunch, and then another snack at 2. Huh. That just seems like you're constantly eating. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. I don't remember my mom packing little snack bags with, you know, peanut butter crackers or orange slices. I don't remember that at all. Hmm. Kids today. It's it's probably good for your... This is parents today. Parents today. Parents today. Yeah, the kids don't do it. (laughs) I mean, it's probably better for uh, kids' blood sugar and their attention to have... A healthy snack every couple hours it's probably what everyone should be doing i just i don't know <laughs> we it got way off convenient yes we yeah. did <laughs> sorry <laughs> so i don't know what the lesson about this this theft thing is except that i think that um these were probably just junkies a junkie mm-hmm. or junkies plural who are out looking for a quick score. They weren't interested yes. in doing any hard work or taking any stereos or anything. They were just probably going to try the door 
And if the door was open, just reach in and grab whatever cash you can. A right. whole 250 Right. <laughs> but thank, well, and God, also... thank God Luke got his casino chips out of there. <laughs> then it would have been $6 or $8. <laughs> All right. Should we go to the next one? Sure. Okay. This one is from May 19th of 2011. This is when... Um, Luke steals his friend's sweatshirt. So let's go to that clip. I remember, I, I remember the first piece of clothing that I was really kind of obsessed with, and it was, it was a, um, it was a sweatshirt. It was like a hoodie sweatshirt, okay, but it didn't have sleeves on it, and it wasn't zip up. It was just pullover, okay. Okay. Um, it was a muscle pullover. It was a muscle hoodie. pullover, but it had a hood on it. But okay. it, it, was, it was made of like sweatshirt material. And it said okay. USA 84 in like kind of like real jaunty, like, you know, not cursive, but you know what I mean? The font was very kind of like, yeah, USA 84. <laughs> I remember it being 1984. So I thought this is uh, appropriate to the year. <laughs> it was also owned by my friend Aaron, who lived around the corner from me when I was uh, at that age living by Northgate. And uh, I coveted that shirt. I wanted that shirt. Why? Because the crap that I had was all from Valley Village, and none of it had anything as current as 1984 written on it. No. <laughs> and so I remember he spent the night at my house one time, and uh, right before he left, he was one of those kids. It's funny, right, because he was one of those kids who – he probably had a sort of awful home life because he had this – his mom – he was raised by this, like, divorced mom who had, like, kind of a series of boyfriends – many of whom worked at different stores in the mall, including Benbridge Jewelers and other places. <laughs> I know this because we would walk through the mall, Northgate Mall, and just see the different dudes who her mom had dated at one point. His mom had dated at one point. His mom was named Monique, and she was like um, a beauty school person. She was a, um, like a, you know, I think she maybe was in beauty school or she worked at a beauty school, but she was like a hair lady. She seemed impossibly glamorous to me because she had like blonde hair that was very like feathered and big and but like she was like a single mom trying to raise a boy with like no father and a series of Northgate Mall boyfriends you know and a, and a bleach blonde uh, you know off-brand Heather Locklear look and probably day-to-day -day life for them was kind of challenging meanwhile I had like a mom and a dad super stable family brothers and sisters I was kind of growing up in like a you know Mayberry USA setting mm -hmm. but the thing about Aaron's life was his mom would like take him to McDonald's and his mom would buy him USA 84 sweatshirts. Like she would, you know, she would sort of uh, for his birthday, she would like, you know, get him stuff that I thought of as being so cool. And again, I think that was probably covering over a lot of other like stress and trauma that was happening in their life. Right. But to me, it was just like, man, you're just rolling in awesome USA 84 sweatshirts. And so, isn't that amazing that you get all of that from this item of clothing? Yeah. Like all of that is related to that item of clothing in your mind. Yeah. So he spent the night at my house and then it was time for him to leave. And I like hid his USA 84 sweatshirt under a pile of like dirty <laughs> clothes in my room. And he was looking for it. He was like, I can't find that my sweatshirt. I was like, yeah, it's crazy. He's like, ah, okay. And then he just went home. And then I wore that sweatshirt every single day for probably a year straight. A couple of things about that. If you look at any family photo, I'm going to find one of them, and I'll post it on TBTL.net. <laughs> we went to the Oregon coast, and I'm wearing that USA 84 sweatshirt. 
I did not take that thing off for a year. It also ended my friendship with Aaron because I knew I couldn't hang out with him anymore because I would be wearing his USA 84 sweatshirt. <laughs> you chose the sweatshirt over Aaron. I totally Aaron picked the sweatshirt over. In a over. true selfie's choice. <laughs> he was my best friend in the world at that time, and I said I would rather have a USA 84 sweatshirt. <laughs> so there you go, Jen. You, you're right. You're absolutely right. That is like a fascinating jumping off point. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack in this one. I know it's such a short clip, but I it's just it's so great. Yes. Um I I was listening to it and the style of sweatshirt that he's explaining and um just to give everyone an idea. This is the a sweatshirt that Brandon from the Goonies um do you remember the big the brother? brother? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's totally right. Or Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick um, is a NFL coach and he's known for wearing these sweatshirts with no sleeves. What is the point? I don't get it. And well, I think, I think Luke has explained it when he's talked about this before is that your chunk of your body is cold, but your arms are hot. <laughs> I don't think that's right though. No, because when... your arms are your extremities. I exactly. find that my core stays warmer. <laughs> Exactly. It makes zero sense. Your hands get way more cold than the core of your body. Yes. <laughs> and it looks dumb. Let's just... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's to show off those super awesome muscles that you have exactly. when you're 10. So I love this sweatshirt. 1984 USA. <laughs> mm -hmm. Muscle sweatshirt. <laughs> um. It seems yeah. like such a strange thing to covet, but I guess it makes sense. If if all of Luke's clothes come from Value Village and and half the time he accidentally gets girls' pants, yeah. you know, maybe that is something that seems really special to you. For sure. And, and like you said, he never had anything new or what he thought was cool. Mm -hmm. Probably and not so until he had his own money to buy things, don't you think? Yes. I mean, he talked about a couple weeks ago, he talked about having um, that his dad worked for International News and he got a sweatshirt. And so he just wore that thing for years. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I totally understand not getting the cool clothes and then you just wear it every single day. <laughs> um, yeah. So Luke gets into his friend Aaron's um, mom. Oh, I do have to say one thing is I love when show when people or shows say the whole name of someone that they remember either as uh -huh. an enemy or a friend for some reason it just cracks me up mm -hmm. i don't know why but it, it and really luke does. is especially good at that yes yes i remember pointing. lots of people that i just can't even remember their first name but he always comes up with first and last <laughs> for some reason it really cracks me up so aaron's mom mm -hmm. um is a, is a single mom. There's not a dad in the picture. And he, she goes through a lot of boyfriends. So yes, who work at the mall, apparently. <laughs> Was it Northgate Mall? Northgate, I think so. Yeah, Northgate Mall uh, men. So probably a lot of like Sam Goody guys. Um, stuff like that. And his mom was a beautician, right? So she probably yes. worked at like a hairmaster's mm -hmm. or great clips. And, you know, Luke sees this glamorous life. He gets the cool sweatshirt. He eats only at McDonald's. His mm -hmm. mom 
doesn't have the time or the means to parent as much as as Luke's family who, you know, there's what seven of them, eight? Mhm. Eight eight people in sometimes a two-bedroom house all crowded all in in each other's business at all times. And there a trip to McDonald's probably never happened until right. he got his own money when he would ride his bike to the Jack in the Box. Right. But or um, or the trip to McDonald's happened and Luke had to share the fries with his sisters. Exactly. You know, exactly. so like four kids for one small French fry that they got out of a like a, a coupon book, right? right. <laughs> Exactly. So, of course, this lo- life looks glamorous, but what we as adults know and what Luke starts to unpack is like, maybe this wasn't the best life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I started getting more questions and feeling even more bad about Aaron is that what if that sweatshirt is the only thing his dad ever gave him? Oh, no. Yeah. Like he dropped in, hey, son, I got this cool Olympics sweatshirt. And then he never saw him again. And how did Luke break ties? This is one of his best friends. Right. Did he just ignore him? Yeah, I would guess that he just ghosted. But how do you do that when it's a kid in your class? Your life is so small in elementary school. I don't know, but he clearly didn't. He he didn't want to get caught, but he had to wear the sweatshirt, you know? But then did he wear it to school? You're right. There are more questions than answers here. (laughs) Unless, was this a, see, there's way too many questions. What I'm picturing is this was a neighborhood friend Mm -hmm. and not a Jesus Creek friend. And so then he was free to wear it to school. But I don't know. Because I don't think. Could you wear that? I mean, is that allowed? Jesus Creek? Yeah, dress code. Hmm. More questions. More questions than answers. Because, yeah, if Aaron saw him at school, he'd just be like, dude, that's that's mine. That's my shirt. That's the only thing my father ever gave me. Oh, no. <laughs> I also want to know if if he has seen him lately or, well, he doesn't do Facebook anymore, but were they Facebook friends? What would he say to this kid if he saw him again? Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I mean, it's a real, uh, a real illustration into the, the desires of Luke, the, the desperation mm-hmm. for this one thing where you would end a friendship over it. I mean, it seems so crazy to us and I'm sure it seems kind of crazy to him as an adult, mm-hmm. but uh, that it made so much sense to him that that's what he had to do. I mean, as Jen said, you chose the sweatshirt over Aaron in a true Sophie's choice, which made me laugh. <laughs> yes. But he really did abandon a friendship for a piece of clothing. That really yeah. speaks volumes about about his brain and, and the way that he grew up. Yeah. And the desperation that he had to mm-hmm. want something like that. Yeah. I feel He's really sad. bad for Aaron, but I also feel bad for Luke in this situation that that he had this desperate need that would cause him to act in this manner and, and lose a friendship. Yeah. But because, um, I mean, I don't know Aaron, but maybe if Luke just said, Hey, I really like your sweatshirt. Can I have it? He may have given it to him. Sure. Oh, maybe Aaron would like something from value village. Right. 
maybe some girl stretch pants <laughs> or jeans that had stirrups. <laughs> I mean, okay, so we can talk about, do you guys have these value villages? Um, I don't know if we have value village itself, but we have plenty of, of stores in that vein. Like Goodwill and stuff. yeah, so- I, I don't shop at those places because I am so tall that I'm never going to find anything to fit <laughs> <Right>. me there. <laughs> right. Um, so basically what happens is you donate your clothes and then they sort it and price it and put it on the floor. So it's basically up to the pricer to put it in the correct part. So if Luke's mom goes or, you know, even sorting it or, or someone picks it up, looks at it and puts it in the wrong, puts it back in the wrong, mm-hmm. in the wrong pile. So Luke's mom goes and she finds pants and they say, oh, you know, th- these are your size. And then to them, that means it was in the boys section, they're boys. But it's not sure. like a, it's not like a normal retail store. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> he found pants that he thought looked, the jeans, famously, he thought those looked like the ones that were in style. And so he wore them. And this is, I think, wasn't this when he first went to public school? Like a secular public school? Um, I don't remember. It was the first yeah. day of seventh grade. So I oh, think yeah. it was Jesus Creek. Oh, I yeah. don't know. Mm-hmm. It, who knows? <laughs> he went through so times many where stories. he didn't go to school. Mm-hmm. He would get kicked out of Jesus Creek and then they'd let him back in. I don't even know. I don't even know how that business model works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it doesn't because the school got closed down. So Right. Well, Luke was always trying so hard to, to get the cool stuff and to, to fit in. And I find it so interesting to listen to because I was just never that way at all. I mean, I wasn't a poor kid. I could have had the cool clothes. But I think I felt like I wasn't cool enough to be able to wear the cool clothes. Oh, like, okay. you know, what was even the point? I was such a lame nerd that who am I to try to wear the guest jeans with the the pegged um, legs and the little mm-hmm. like crisscross fabric thingies up the sides of the pants? No, it, there was just no point. You, I mean, lipstick on a pig was how I felt about it. <laughs> oh. That makes me so sad. I'll just wear my Lee jeans and my t-shirts from Kohl's. (laughs) Yeah, those were the days. (laughs) But Luke is really a cool guy. As we've said Mm -hmm. before, he's he's a person who has some legitimate cool factor. And he was just hampered by his familial circumstance. And so he was always trying to get to that place to, to get that. I don't know, that thing that he felt would give him confidence or or put him in the 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 popular crowd or whatever. Mm-hmm. He always says that he wasn't popular, but I don't believe it. Mm, I don't either. <laughs> well, shall we go to the, the last clip? Yes. This is kind of the doozy yes. as far as the Burbank <laughs> thefts goes. <laughs> He's told this story a number of times. In fact, I think he told it a couple of Thanksgivings ago when he had uh, Addie and uh, Sam and David to do the special Burbank Thanksgiving. Um, but I picked this version because um, it w- he just told it in a really good and a really complete way. So this is the story of when uh, Luke continually stole the change out of their um, 
change can that was meant to be um, a donation to the church. So let's roll that clip. Do you know that I had a version of that uh, really blow up in my face when I was a little kid? Um, I may have shared this story before, but we, um, my dad, every night we'd, my, you know, we'd sit down for dinner. We would pray as a family, being a very religious family as we were. And uh, my dad would put his pocket change into this tin um, can that had little it was it was a uh, you know it was for putting change in and donating probably to the church or something because it had little it was red and it had little um paintings on the sides of kids praying and the top came off my dad had fixed it so the top was like on there super tight and my dad would come home every night and he would put you know quarters and change and sometimes he'd stuff a couple bucks in there and it was just, this was to send to the missionaries and uh, one day i really really wanted some candy and I was, you know, I needed a quarter. So I went over to where this thing was and I, I I shook it just so a quarter kind of came out the little slot that you put the money in. And I was like, wow, I can't believe that worked. Well, it's one quarter out of what are, you know, maybe a hundred quarters in there. So I went about my Charleston chew. By the way, what candy bar did you buy when you were a kid, Walsh? I didn't eat a lot of candy as a kid, which is weird because I was incredibly fat, um, but I didn't live in an urban environment, so it was hard for me to just like, to get to a quickie mark by myself. By the time I kind of was old enough to be out in the world a little bit, I gravitated towards the Milky uh, – not Milky Way, um, the uh, Three Musketeers, the Nougat. I liked the Nougat. I, um, I, I, would, I would buy the Charleston Chew, which Carrie and I were talking about this the other day. Charleston Chew is the worst candy of all time. It's – it's horrible. It's like somebody melted down a bunch of tops of Bic pens and then just told you it was candy. But I bought it because it seemed like the largest candy bar you could buy for the money. You know, what is it? Is it like taffy? It's some abomination of 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 alleged uh, alleged like um chocolatey something but it's not real chocolate it's like it's really it's weird and plasticky and i don't know what it's i don't even know what it's uh, uh, you know claiming to be but um but i would buy it as a kid because i was stupid and because it was longer than all the other candy bars and i would i would imagine there's probably a whole generation of kids who grew up eating charleston chew not realizing how really terrible it was because they were just excited that it seemed like what I could buy this one for the same amount of money that I could buy that Snickers bar Snickers, of course, being the clearly the superior choice in terms of taste. Um, but, but anyway, um, I, uh, uh, got my candy bar and I came back the next day. And then of course I was like, I'd like to get me another candy bar. Maybe I'll just slip one more quarter out of this little, uh, this little here offering uh, box. And I, and so eventually I couldn't get any more quarters to sort of come out of the slot. And so I got a fork one day and I actually pried the thing open. And now we had really crossed a Rubicon. Absolutely. That's a, yep. That's that, a fork in the road right that there. There's a fork in the can. Which which opened it and then was created a real fork in the road because now I was now I I tapped the main vein and now once I'd opened it it was like well I'm you know I'm just going to keep opening it and every day it was like I'm just going to take out uh, one quarter but then eventually the quarters were gone so then it was like well I'm going to take out the dimes and the nickels and then uh, the paper money went I don't really know what my plan was but one day we're all sitting down to dinner and I say to my dad very casually and in my mind this seemed like this was a funny joke. But I said, yeah, hey, dad, uh, you haven't put any money in that offering thing uh, for a long time. You got to put some money in there before it gets empty. Oh, my God. 
And he, he goes, what do you mean by that? And I said, you know, I just like a joke about how like, uh, could just like, it's going to get empty if you don't put money in and it. He, you could, you, he could see you panicking. That's why. Well, I mean, it also made no sense logically. In my mind, the joke, here's what the joke was based on. The joke was based on the premise that, uh, that, um, it would somehow, money was evaporating out of there by no reasonable explanation. And it, and, and like, I wasn't taking the money out, but that somehow we hadn't put money in there so long that it actually had somehow gone away as if like a cobweb had grown over the can. Like the joke should have been like, Hey dad, when you put money in there, you're going to have to like, um, you know, poke through a cobweb that's grown over the opening. I mean, that would have been a high quality joke. Obviously I can hear you laughing. That would have been now. good. I assume. That's, uh, yeah, that's, no, I'd, I'd listen to that joke. I assume that's the Skype delay. Um, but my version of that joke at that time was, Dad, you better put some money in there or it's going to get empty. And so then my dad said, what do you mean by that? And I said, oh, I tried to explain the joke. He he was he was confused. And then he said words that chilled me to my core and still to this day strike terror in my heart. He said, well, let's take a look. And he takes the can and we're all sitting, you know, at this point, there's like five, maybe five kids in the family. Uh, so seven people were sitting around the table. And he's opening up the can with his like Swiss Army knife to see the results of two years of every night putting the change and sometimes paper money into this thing. And he opens it up and he pours it out onto his plate, which is, by the way, very unhygienic. Yeah. If you know anything about money, you don't put it on the thing where you're about to eat some um, overcooked nachos, which is a typical fare in our home. He pours the money out. And it's like a few pennies and like maybe like a stray Canadian nickel. And of course, he knows in advance because he, he can feel the weight. He's a he's an adult. Right. Exactly. Like it's not even he that he knows when he picks up a can how, right. about how heavy it should be. For instance, he's been putting money in this can almost every night for two years. And when he when he picks it up and it it actually levitates. Like his some his adult brain says, well, that's probably not how that's supposed to go. <laughs> and so he pours it out and there's just pennies. And again, like an errant when you live as far north as I did as a kid, there was always you're always on the lookout for the Canadian money. You're trying to not get the Canadian money because at some point you could just spend Canadian money here uh, in the Seattle area. Um, but then they changed the rules and you couldn't. And then you really wanted to uh, dodge the Canadian quarters because you're just going to be stuck with them. So there was some Canadian money hanging out in there and there it was on the plate. And everybody in the family looks at me, um, correctly. Like, what did you do? And I just looked at it and I just said, like, I, I can't remember exactly what I said, but I said something to the effect of, I did not in any way take any of the money out of that can. And I was immediately sent to my room for stealing the money. Like everybody in the family knew. And I went down. I mean, your dad knew as he was leaving the table to walk towards where the can was. I mean, the, the jig was up by then. You know what I mean? My dad knew when he put the money in the can eight months previous. <laughs> his ne'er-do-well son was going to probably try to steal this. Um, 
but uh yeah he was like uh you know i had was sent to my room and i remember being in my room and and if you ever wonder why it is that people who are clearly convicted of crimes if you wonder why it is that they still go to court and they try to they try to fight it and they try to to, to mount a um you know some sort of defense instead of just going yeah it's pretty clear it's because their brains worked the way my brain worked mm-hmm. when i was this age so what i did was i laid down on the futon that was in my room our whole house was done up with futons because my dad had done some signs for a futon company and they had paid him in futons so we had futons everywhere by the way futons highly overrated by the way kcrw is also paying me in futons (laughs) oh man i would try to move those things on craigslist before you sit on them even once because the thing with futons at least old ones was you sit on them or sleep on them and they just turn into like um a sack of quick crete um, so I'm I'm lying, I think, on this sack of quickcrete that was my bed, and I'm saying to myself aloud, kind of fake crying, right? I didn't do it. I didn't know who did it, but I didn't do it. I'm having this convers- pretend conversation with myself aloud, and here is my hope that my mom or dad will be standing outside the door of the room, and they'll hear me, and they'll just think to themselves like, well, if he's saying this to himself when no one's around, it's got to be true. Like, I thought they were going to overhear me saying this, and then they were going to um, be like, you didn't do it. You're free to go. Did a part of you think that – did a part of you start to convince yourself that you, did, that you were innocent? Were you starting to believe your own lie? No, and I was trying to. Like I was, I, that's, was, I feel like that's happened to me before. Even if I'm pretending I'm sick, and you know, as a little kid, you start to actually feel sick. Mm-hmm. No, did, I, I mean, did that ever happen to you, or did uh, that ever happen to you? Sure, and I and I was definitely trying to. I was trying to do two things. One, I was hoping they would overhear me, and then they would like, uh, you know, let me go. And then I was also trying to do that to myself, where I actually convinced myself in case like a lie detector was brought to bear at some point. I was hoping that I could convince myself to the point where I, um, you know, I actually believed it. But neither thing worked. They were not convinced, and I knew that I had totally stolen the money. So this is an example of what I, I think is like a proto version of Burbanking the joke. Yes, like even when he's a kid, <laughs> I put that in my notes. Luke Burbanks the joke. <laughs> It's probably the first time he Burbanked a joke. Mm-hmm. He just he got ahead of himself. He thought of something funny. He he let it out. He got caught, and then he tried to tried to Burbank it out. <laughs> he, one thing I love about him is these stories are so funny and heinous, and he mm-hmm. just call. He's so honest when he tells yes. them, and um, which I love and. He just remembers every single detail. The part of him crying in his room saying, I don't know who did it. I wish I knew. And I could just see a little kid doing that, hoping that his parents are at the door thinking, well, I guess he didn't do it. I mean, he's he's kind of an evil genius, right? right? <laughs> but I think that you make a very good point because... One of the greatest things about Luke as a storyteller and as a podcast host is that he is so willing to be the villain mm-hmm. in his stories. Yes. He will tell these stories that are extremely unflattering. 
to himself. <laughs> and it's just has the strange effect of really endearing him to us mm-hmm. because you're right. He is so honest about all of it. Yeah. I mean, he could, he could, well, he could just not tell these stories or he could do it in a way that tries to make him look better. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't. It shows us everything that he is out there naked for us all to laugh at. And, and judge and, and send emails about. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I love this. Um, he and have you ever had this? Did your parents ever have money that they would put away and you would steal it? No. Mm-mm. No. No. My dad had this I, I don't know why my parents they didn't even drink wine, but they had this fancy crystal wine decanter and because they didn't drink Mm -hmm. wine and they probably if they did they i don't know why you would decant wine i don't understand wine really um (laughs) but it was very fancy and my dad would put all his change whenever he had it in his pocket every day just drop it in there and my sister took to stealing from it and i remember because the hole the opening is really small but the bottom sure. part is big and you could hear her upstairs doing ka-chung 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 <laughs> like trying to because you had to shake it to get out and the quarters would kind of get stuck uh-huh sure and and she would try to say she wasn't stealing it but we could hear cha-chung cha-chung <laughs> like your parents <laughs> like the popsicle- could hear yeah and the, it would be like the popsicle man's coming cha-chung 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 <laughs> And I don't think they really cared because it's not like they were sending it to missionaries or even had a plan for it. So it just mm-hmm. kind of was a little bit of a joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of a sudden, no, I, I had $4 in nickels. <laughs> and you know, I mean, you don't know because you didn't do the situation, but Luke probably had this where first the quarters go because that, that's easy, right? Mm-hmm. And then the dimes sure. and then the nickels and then you're down to Canadian situation and then pennies <laughs> pennies <laughs> hey back in those days a penny wasn't nothing they still right. had those penny gumball machines that, like, exactly the drugstores. exactly um so he would take he would steal the money from the missionaries because i mean it, it was the perfect crime for him right it always got loaded every day more deposits were made mm-hmm. they never opened it which yeah. in, I think that his dad had to know. Like he said, that he it never got filled, right? If it was a small tin, hmm. you can tell when you drop something into a tin how full it is or how empty. I don't know. You know I can I can see a scenario in which Walter just wouldn't be paying attention and not thinking about it. I mean, if you're not suspicious that your kid's stealing from you, I mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't pay attention, maybe. I mean, I would because I pay attention to stuff like that, yeah. but I don't I don't know. I don't know how absent-minded Walter is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know that Susie's a little bit um ditzy in the best mm-hmm. way, in the yes. absolute most wonderful way possible. <laughs> I I could see that they really didn't know that he was doing it. I mean, plus they had whatever, like four other kids at the time that they yeah. had to deal with. So bigger, I think he was, fish he was yeah, left to his own devices quite a lot of the time. I would like to know if 
he had just asked if he could have the change, what they would have said. Oh, interesting. I bet they would have said no. Yeah. Because, because it was for church. Yeah, it's for a church thing. Okay, so now let's get to the serious talk. Right. Candy. Yes. Um, do you agree or disagree about Charleston Chew? I am good for a Charleston Chew about once every 10 years. Oh, okay. I um, I do like them. I agree with Luke's uh, point that it always seemed like you were getting a lot of candy for the money with Charleston mm-hmm. Chew because they were so Much long longer. and flat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I enjoy them from the freezer. Ooh. Because then they get hard and then you kind of mm-hmm. crack it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, but I wouldn't go to the store and say, mm, I'm really, I'm really hankering for a Charleston Chew. Yeah. But not, I wouldn't not, turn it not away. Generally. No. Mm-mm. Okay, so Andrew says that as a child, because he probably had unlimited candy, because we sure. know what it was like over, uh, uh, <laughs> over at the at Walsh, Walsh house, pa- the Walsh Palace of Fun, uh, the Saturdays unlimited popsicles. They have pool. Mm-hmm. They have four wheelers. They have dirt bikes. They have every every kind of toy that you could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. They probably he wanted for none on candy, um, but. A Three Musketeer? Uh, it's an interesting choice. Do you like them? I like them, but they, it, I think I started to get into them when I was a teenager and I was already starting to worry about my weight. And oh, they because... Had, yeah, remember those commercials they used to have where the Three Musketeers would float because yes. they were so light? They went I think through I a absorbed thing. that. It, yeah. was like, it was like an advertising campaign that they were healthy candy bars. Uh-huh. <laughs> of course, they don't tell you it's only in comparison to a Snickers <laughs> that they have else. whatever 30% less, less fat. And then I remember when the zone was a big thing. Do you remember? Do you know the zone diet? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a Snickers bar is is zone friendly. Of course, that they don't also tell you that you that's the only meal you get. But right. Because it has protein from the peanuts and carbs whatever it can it can be compliant mm-hmm. i guess mm-hmm. um, i think that you know where the three musketeers comes in handy is if you're at the state fair and you're going to the deep fried candy bar stand yes because the deep fried snickers and milky way and stuff it's just it's too much for mm-hmm. me it, mm-hmm. there's too much going on but a milky way is relatively light and simple and so that works well to being fried yeah, and the nugget just kind of melts. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, uh, Luke says that Snickers is the pinnacle of candy bars. Do you agree? No. No. I don't like them. Mm-mm. I'm not a fan. I It's t- the peanut or something. I just don't. I'm not a fan. I will have a Milky Way over a Snickers yes. anytime. And anytime. Speaking of something that's good from the freezer. Milky yes. Way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Especially have you had the... There's a new Milky Way called Simply Caramel, and it's no. only only caramel. Oh, but lady. I want it now. Yeah. <laughs> that straight from the freezer. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, Little Red Bandwagon, the podcast where Anne and Christy talk about candy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so my question is: Do you think that Luke was a bad kid? Hmm. I don't know. 
I mean, I think he was a naughty kid. Is that the same thing as bad? I guess that's what I mean. I mean, the problem is that we know Luke now. And we know that for all of his entitled etiquette and his sometimes thoughtlessness um, and his sometimes narcissism, he's a good person. Mm -hmm. He's really a good person. So I find it hard to label him as a bad kid. But I, but he probably was a challenged parent. Yeah, I just feel like he had to get his scams on for the situation mm, yes. that he was in. Yes. He's a natural con artist. Yes. And I don't, I mean, most, but most of it, he has these stories and they're pretty crazy and funny. But for the most part, he was, he was a good Christian kid. Mm-hmm, yeah. With these, you know, glaring examples of right. I mean, this. a few obvious exceptions, right? <laughs> but other than, I mean, it could have been worse. He could have gotten into drugs. He could have, I mean, so many things that he could have gotten into. Right, and and as we said, this is all petty theft. He never got into you know, stealing cars or right any of that that stuff, and. And he doesn't seem to have, I mean, he talks about times when he treated other kids poorly. And obviously how he treated his friend Aaron wasn't cool. But I I think he probably, I mean, kids didn't dislike him or fear him or or anything. Mm. I mean, he wasn't the neighborhood bully, I hope. Right, and he could have been. (laughs) Also, I just thought of this. He had a lot less opportunity for candy than other kids because they didn't celebrate Halloween. Oh, true. They, he didn't celebrate Christmas, which is sometimes when you get mm-hmm. treats or like in your stocking sometimes. So all he had was stealing from missionaries. Has he ever talked about how they celebrated Easter? Because that's no. the other big kid candy holiday. Right. And I and would a Christian just- one. Yeah, suspect that it was very much more focused on Jesus than on the Easter mm-hmm. Bunny. Yeah. So yeah, I I guess he he did miss out on a lot of things that a lot of his friends got to have. Mm-hmm. So now Aww, I don't feel now so I bad. Feel sad. And <laughs> since I have complicated thoughts on missionaries, I think it's okay that he stole from them. All right, <laughs> that's where I'm coming down on it. <laughs> Not guilty. (laughs) Case closed. (laughs) Oh, you have a note about the overcooked nachos. What do you think that means? I don't know, but I thought that was a a fascinating detail. Talking about Walter pouring the contents of the can out on the plate where eventually there would be overcooked nachos. Does that mean soggy nachos or yeah soggy would be gross but a little bit of crispy burnt cheese i'm in i'm back in on that i know i i would have (laughs) taken soggy nachos and this is just another illustration of of how you want what you don't have because Mm -hmm. my mom was a stay-at-home mom who was a pretty good cook who cooked us a hot meal every night and you know actual dishes not 
not woohoo deals for overcooked nachos. <laughs> but I would have really liked to have some nachos every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> that That's very true. And it's funny because Luke has these memories of weird food that his mom would get, you know, the frozen milk, the overcooked nachos. There's, there's been lots of examples. And when she came on the show and talked about the horrible cooking that her dad did. True. And it's that's just interesting. A good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was probably a step up as a cook. Oh, for sure. Because mm-hmm. at least she didn't do the undercooked hot dogs with raw bacon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess parents all just do their best. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Anne, should we close this thing up? Let's do it. Okay. With some housekeeping um, for this is our archive raffle contest. Any For every day that you archive, you your name is entered into our contest. And we do a monthly drawing for you to win a... Uh, what are we calling it? Wagon, Wagon full of loot. Wagon full of loot. That's a really not, catchy name, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> not a wagon and not full of loots, as nope. Anne says. <laughs> um, each month we'll draw someone's name and one of our hosts will make you a cool wagon full of loot. Um, really excited about that. You can buy stickers, go to our Amazon link and donate to the show can do all of that through littleredbandwagon.com and if you have any throw your phone moments from anything Anne and I said or any of these clips anything that brought up if you want to talk about um, someone stealing from you or your car being stolen or anything um, send those to us and we would love to have them on the show yes please um, if you would like to be a guest on an interview show please go to our website littleredbandwagon.com as Christy mentioned we're on Facebook, either around the Stens page or on our page. The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon uh, at gmail.com with those awesome stories. Uh, or leave us a voicemail at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And don't forget, you can always review us on iTunes. You can be mean, but you have to be funny. I like that. <laughs> All right, Anne, thank you so much for putting the show together. It was so much fun it's as my always. my pleasure. I always like to talk to you about this stuff. Yeah, clip shows are my definitely my favorite. You have thoughts. I have thoughts. We all have thoughts. Yeah, thoughts and questions. <laughs> That's basically all I am. <laughs> all right, Anne, until next time, this is the next party. And we love you, Jen. Nailed it.